During our last broadcast, we introduced the subject of the hospital experience. And we were talking to those who perhaps are in the hospital right now, facing an operation or recuperating from one, those who are planning to enter the hospital, or those of you who, while not planning to do so, may be entering the hospital without even realizing it in the next few weeks or months. You could have an automobile accident tomorrow and end up in a hospital before you even realize it. So this is for all of us. And the last time we were talking about coming to know Christ as your Savior, how in a hospital all the realities of life and death face each one of us, and how we need to be sure that we belong to Jesus Christ in order to face those difficult realities. All the things that we cover up are now exposed. All the frailty of the human body, all the reality of facing death, all the pain and the sorrow and the heartache that we see in a hospital, all those things come home to us when we get associated with that place. That's why a lot of people don't like to go to hospitals, even to visit. They like to keep the whole thing under wraps as long as possible, not face death, not face reality, not face the fact that these bodies are disintegrating and deteriorating. But a Christian shouldn't be that way. And one who has trusted Christ, who has believed that Christ died for him and who has had his sins forgiven, that person can face the hospital in a new and more vital way. And that's what we're going to talk about today and during our next broadcast. If you are a Christian or have recently become one or today become a Christian by believing in Christ as your Savior, I have several things to say to you. The first thing I'd like to make clear to you is from Proverbs 17.22, in which we read in a most emphatic and important way that the body and the mind are closely bound together. Listen to this. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up bones. Now, did you get that? The writer of Proverbs is saying long before the world ever even heard of such things as psychosomatic medicine, that is, your condition of your thinking and your mind and the rest of it and your attitudes has a lot of, of, of uh, weight upon whether your body heals or not. The writer of Proverbs says, and of course God says through him, that a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up bones. Your attitude in that hospital, whether you're there or you're going there, is a crucial factor in your healing. That's what this verse is saying. Your attitude is going to make all the difference in the world in your healing. Now, every doctor will tell you that there are people who have had very, very simple problems, but who have died. And the reason was not really the problem itself, but the attitude that the person had toward the problem or toward life. And of course, it's very important that we recognize that our bodies are mobilized and the, the revitalizing forces in the body's body is, are, are mobilized by our attitudes. So, 
whether we enter the hospital joyfully or whether we enter it with a broken spirit is going to determine whether we take good medicine for that body or whether our bones dry up. And of course, the word bones is just a synonym in the scripture for the whole body. You can trace, trace that down sometime in the Psalms when you check out all the passages on body and bones and see how the two are paralleled in the Psalms. Now, many of us don't realize how much we control our bodies. Recently, there, has been a, there have been a lot of studies in what is called biofeedback. Maybe you've never heard of that. Let me explain it. People are hooked up to all sorts of machines, blood pressure machines, galvanic response machines, muscle response machines, brain wave response machines, all sorts of things. And once they are hooked up to these uh, machines, for example, they are then able to determine and monitor by these machines, which give them a feedback signal, a light goes on or a little buzzer goes on or something of that sort, uh, they are able to monitor what's going on in a particular part of their bodies. For example, out in the Menninger Clinic in Kansas, they found out that vascular headaches, uh, headaches from uh, a lot of blood in the blood vessels in the, in the uh, skull uh, or above the skull, under the skin, uh, headaches that are caused from too much blood can be reduced by moving that blood out of the head into the fingertips. So they hooked people up to machines on their fingertips that sensed the warmth of those fingertips. And when they were able to pull more blood into the fingertips and thus warm up the fingertips a bit, then the buzzer would go on. And people knew where the blood was then. And this would pull the blood out of the head into the extremities and the fingertips and the headaches would go away. So in a couple of weeks or so, each person can be taught uh, by means of this machine to do this simple little exercise with the blood in his body. And uh, the machine makes it fast, makes it quick. Well, people have been able to slow down or slow up their heartbeat. They've been able to uh, uh, change their galvanic responses, to twitch all sorts of muscles they thought were involuntary, uh, to change their, uh, their brain states from an alpha wave to a beta wave or back again or to a theta wave or whatever. The whole point means, uh, this is and means uh, this, that we are more responsible for the state of our bodies than we ever dreamed. Now, I'm not saying you ought to play around with all these machines, but what I am saying is that you are the one who controls the state of that body. And though you're not controlling it consciously by means of a biofeedback machine, you are controlling that body by your attitudes, by your spirit, whether it's a broken spirit or a joyful one. So what I'm suggesting today is that you get your whole life straightened out before God. If there are people you're having problems with, you get those straightened out. Call them to the hospital. Get it dealt with. If you've got sin in your life, call the elders of the church, as James 5, 14 to 16 says, and confess those sins, and then get those elders to help you straighten things out with the people who are involved. If you're headed for the hospital, make sure your mind is clear and peaceful before you go to that hospital with nothing preying upon it. And be sure you put your trust in Jesus Christ firmly and fully so that you have the peace of God that comes from putting your whole life and body and your whole future in his hands. That peace that passes understanding. Ah, that's what a Christian needs in the hospital, isn't it? 
Instead of worrying, instead of being troubled, instead of thinking about tomorrow, as Philippians 4 says, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace that passes all understanding shall guard like a sentinel your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When peace floods your soul and when joy enters in, as you think about what God is doing for you and has done for you and will do for you, that will be the very best medicine of all. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up bones. Get those matters settled with God and man right now, and your body will know the difference. Lord, bless those who listen. We pray for Jesus' sake. Amen.